Turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, the 6th chapter. We're going to look this morning at an enemy within. And this has ties to do with Elijah. We've been studying the end times. In the very last words of the Old Testament, Malachi 4 and 5, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the head of the father, the heart of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now, about the time that Elijah, his first advent, was the time we probably were looking at. Now, he had already been taken up to heaven and Elisha took his place. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, The king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God, who was Elisha, look over in verse 17, tells us that. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware, thou shalt not pass such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once or twice, several times. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said, unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel, the enemy within? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. Perhaps if we were to sum up the battle between good and evil. We could find a relationship between it and the enemy within. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Another, verse 24 of Matthew 13, another parable put he forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not... Didst not thou sow good seed in thy field, from whence then hath the tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. An enemy, don't have to tell you what an enemy is, and the war is exceeding long and has been long. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 this is Paul talking about all that he had suffered as a Christian 
verse 24, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, saved one. They'd only give you thirty-nine, because forty can kill a man. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. And night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, <clears throat> in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without, so without the church, that which cometh upon me daily, the cares of all churches. We, there's always going to be enemies within. We always going to have enemies. If we were to get a letter from the IRS, would we take it out upon the mailman that brought it to us? Well, some people might. We need to, I guess what I'm saying is, find who the enemy really is. And the enemy, oftentimes, it's ourself. We have, of course, the enemy of the wicked. Preachers preach against sin and self. As I said, the enemies oftentimes ourselves. And the preachers become the enemies because they expose sin in others' lives. And it's in all of us. Like I say, we're all sinners. We all know that quite well. Preachers declare, thus saith the Lord, only to be hated by the hearers. It's, at times it's difficult to recognize who's friend or foe. Felix trembled before Paul. Herod heard John the Baptist gladly and feared him, but when he made an oath, he cut off John the Baptist's head. Man is fickle. And the point is, suppose wicked or sometimes more like believers, and suppose believers are sometimes more like wicked. <clears throat> Those that merely profess to be believers often cause trouble. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 13. Jeremiah 6 and 13. 13 through 17. <laughs> From the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. Now this is the people of Israel. From the least to the greatest, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet even to the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. Sounds like our present world we live in. You put one righteous, honest preacher in there, he's going to be hated. They have healed also the hurt of my daughter, saying, daughter of my people, slightly saying, peace, peace, when there was no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? 
Well, in the book of Ezekiel, we won't go there, but there's one place where it speaks about where they'd sacrifice their children to Molech. They'd come into the Lord's house the same day. They were not ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore shall they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the old in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. It's going to take an Elijah to deal with the people of this nature. Christ even said, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith. Didn't say he'd find any. Might be some, but not much. In the book of Second Kings, let's turn over to Second Kings. First chapter. We begin in the first verse. Then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. And Ahaziah fell down through the ladder. That's who took his place in the lattice of the upper chamber, which was in Samaria, and was sick, and sent messengers and said, Go and said unto them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. Who's Beelzebub? Dung god. But the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah the Tishbite, This is the same Elijah, first advent. Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say unto them, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that you go to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? This is what Elijah contended with. Things are just the same today. <clears throat> now therefore, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. And when the messengers turned back unto him, he said unto them, Why are you now turned back? And they said unto them, There came a man up to meet us, and said unto us, Go turn again unto the king that sent you, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that thou sendest to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore thou shalt not come down from the bed from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And he said unto them, What manner of man was he which came up to meet you and told you these words? And they said and they answered him, He was a hairy man, and girded with a girdle of leather about his loins, and he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. Blame, they were blaming Elijah for the problems. Does this sound familiar to, to today? The Christians are often blamed of the, the problems of the world. When Elijah returns, it's going to be it's going to be a bad time. We looked at this sometime back in the book of Revelation, eleventh chapter. We know Elijah is one of them. 
talks about the two witnesses. Verse 3 of Revelation 11, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days cloth and sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the Lord on the earth, of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this like manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. So what the last words of the Old Testament says will come to pass. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. When their dead bodies shall lie in the street, of the great city which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord is, was crucified. And they of the people and the kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. Now do some mathematical consideration here tribulation is seven years long this is we know the half the mid midway point and if they're sending gifts sounds like the time of the end of the year christmas which would put christ return and i'm just throwing this out there we cannot tell the day or the hour even year but the that's six on the day of pentecost which is six months, which would be 60 months after this time, if, if it's what we, see, we think that it is, Christ's return will be in, in around the day of the time of Pentecost. You see, most of the world tends to think that it's going to be, his return will be fall of the year. It could be. But the book of Acts, the first chapter, Verse 7, It is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Now this was about the time of Pentecost. And those it's those two men in white apparel said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken from you in, into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go to heaven. That would put Christ's return in the spring of the year, or early summer. Cannot say. Interesting thing. In fact, I throw that out there. On what, getting back to Elijah, he had to fight basically the whole world during his earthly ministry. Over in the book of First Kings, <clears throat> see he prayed that there would be no rain for three and a half years and there was not. James mentions that. And Elijah, this is what Elijah says, not Elijah, Ahab, excuse me, this is what he says of Elijah. In 1 Kings 18, when Elijah meets Ahab again after three and a half years, Ahab accuses him of everything evil. 
Verse 17 of 1 Kings 18. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Who was the enemy within? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou in thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandment of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Ahab was the enemy within. Now, therefore send and gather me all Israel into Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the groves 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together into Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him, it's Jehovah. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. That's where we're about, about where we stand in today's scheme of things. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And... Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourself, and dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, and put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked him, and said, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is talking or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or, or perhaps he, peradventure, he sleepeth and must be awaked. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manners with knives, lancets, till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past that they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And there was neither voice nor any that answered nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. The people did, wouldn't even say who was God. Obviously never paid any attention to the altar because it was broken down. Had no pay no regard to the Lord whatsoever. That's where we are today. I've heard that the Jews, from what I read about them, things of God. They look to Judaism, but they don't look to the things of God. Pay little attention to the truth. Obviously, that's true because we know what they done with their Messiah. Elijah and Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord and made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. 
And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And, and the water ran about the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elisha the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. Sounds exactly like what we read there in the closing of the Old Testament. Turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. And the fire, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. So that points to Calvary. <laughs> God's wrath came upon Christ and he paid the utmost. That's about the only way we can describe it. The sacrifice upon the altar was to be completely consumed, I guess is the best word for it. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Was there ever any doubt? We think of Elijah, we think of the, the, the event that we just read about. The fire came down and devoured everything. Elijah put judgment into the hands of God, unto whom vengeance belongs. Over in the book of 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 6. Seeing it is a righteous saying with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you and and you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, like those people we just read about didn't answer a word, they had to see with their own eyes. Verse 9 of that same book of Second Thessalonians, Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord from the glory of His power. Elijah had preached salvation through God's wrath upon the sacrifice, not on the believer. In the uh, well, First Kings chapter 8, well, we've done read that. Elijah was not doing his own thing. He was doing what he was doing at God's command. He wasn't freelancing as we call it. In the, uh, the book of James we read about Elijah. 
He's a man of like passions. He's like we are. He was human. And he was able to bring down fire from the heavens. There's another place we read about him. It's in the second book of Kings. The king sent to take him. <clears throat> sent three bands of 50. The first two, Elijah called down fire from the heavens and destroyed. I'll make a long story short, verse 13 of 2 Kings 1. And he sent again a captain of the third 50 with his 50. And the third captain of his 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah. Now the first two were kind of bold about it. They got burned up. Fell on his knees before Elijah and besought him and said unto him, O man of God, I pray thee let my life and the life of these fifty thy servants be precious in thy sight. <clears throat> Behold, there come, came fire down from heaven and burned up the two captains of the former fifties with their fifties. Therefore let my life now be precious in thy sight. There's a lot of things we can gather in this. Man's spiritual blindness hasn't changed. Many people out there today say they're an atheist. I don't believe there are any atheists. We see God's Word, whoever He gives authority to, can do exactly what He says they do. Elijah was sent to bring down fire from above, and that's what he did. He was sent to close up the heavens that it would not rain, and that's what he did. Christ puts a vast difference between his and the world's. The unbeliever They didn't want anything to do with God, I guess you might say, and they, that's what they got. He granted them their wish. There's those that say that God would not hurt a flea. God is a God of wrath. His love is pure, but his, so is His wrath. In Romans chapter 11, we've looked at this passage many times, the grafting in of the wild olive tree branches. Romans 11 and 17. <clears throat> and if some of the branches be broken off and thou being a wild olive tree that's us Gentiles were grafted in among them and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree boast not against the branches but if thou boast thou bearest not the root but the root bear thee like this the leader of the third fifty of men we need to have some humility because the only difference between him and those first two was God made the difference. He could have been the first 50 that was sent up and burned. If Elijah does not have mercy, he would be, along with his 50, he would be burned. Thou wilt say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by fear, be not high-minded. 
For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not the... This could be said to us. Yes, God chose us before the world was. That he pours out his wrath upon sin. He will not tolerate sin. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, the fire fell, severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, disobedience is not tolerated. In conclusion, Elijah's life was a life of prayer. It was a life of faith. It was a life of obedience. His departure is the type of the rapture. And indeed, he's a teacher of us all concerning persecution. You're going to have persecution. Brother Joe speaks about that many times. Should we worry about persecution? It's going to come regardless. Let us not be like the companies of the wicked. Matthew chapter 17, <coughs> verse 11. Verse 10, Matthew 17, 10. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall come first and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias is come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. That was John the Baptist who he's speaking about. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer them. Then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. And of course we know they beheaded John the Baptist. The enemy within now First of all, we're commanded to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, all our minds, and all our souls. Keep our minds clean. But the enemy will make things appear to us quite contrary to what they really are. They will... Well, all as it was said about Lot, he was vexed daily in the writings of Peter. Seeing the things that went on in Sodom... We see the pictures of supposed Christ with long hair, loving everybody. That's it's not scriptural. Elijah's replacement, Elisha, had an accept exceptional ministry. Go back there to the Second Kings. There's something I wanted to touch on before. We close. Second Kings chapter six. Elisha's life also was a life of prayer and a life of faith. Not being too concerned about the wicked. In uh, Second Kings chapter six, as we started out, 
the, the king of Syria said there was an enemy among, among us. In verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God, who was Elisha, was risen early and gone forward, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. This time the, Syri the king of Assyria goes after the man of God rather than the, the army of Israel. And he... He compassed the city both with horses and chariots, and his servant, that's Elisha's servant, could have been Gehazi. Nevertheless, he said unto them, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. Look at all the prayer. And they were answered. What's he going to do? And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass when they were coming to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And, he, and the Lord opened their eyes, and he saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldst thou smite those that thou hast taken captive, prisoners, with thy sword and with thy bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. That's loving your enemies with a reward. You've turned the heart of the enemy away from the wickedness, which is exactly what it says there in the book of Malachi. But anyway, that's our lesson today on Elijah.